0: Radio shouting.
1: I try, you know, I, I talk about in the book, I try to talk to Jack yeah. and his daughter Jill and say, look, you need to arrange a sit-down with me and Suge Knight, mm-hmm. because if they gonna come down here, you know, there's so many people from Miami, I got so much love in Atlanta, it's gonna be an ugly sight. And they were like, oh, we ain't gotta worry about that, ain't nobody gonna do nothing. <laughs> and then before you know it, everybody was stabbed up, cut <laughs> up, uh, everything in the world was thrown out the rooms, <laughs> all down, it was crazy, it was a melee.
2: Cut up the station. It's about that time for Fela. Most likely he a small fry if he wasn't by B. High. It's one in one station only. They got the streets on fire. So please do not touch the dial Cause 'Cause we're finna go
1: live.
2: It's your boy, B. High Radio shouted. We live from 285 right now at Mean Street Studios, man. I got the big homie, the OG, the legend, Uncle Luke in the building, man. What's going on with it, boss? What's going on, man? How you feeling, man? I mean, feeling good, feeling great. I mean, I see you got the book on. Deck, man. yeah, I mean, the yep, book yep. of Luke. I mean, break it down to me, man. What's going on with hey, it? Hey, man, it was
1: important to do this book, man, because people need to understand the history of the South. Yeah. And they, un- they need to understand the history of Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to understand the things that I did and uh, some of the things that we paid away. You know, for people to be able to say what they're saying on the records right yes, now, and you yes, know the story about me going to the Supreme Court, going to jail for hip hop. Exactly, you know, anybody really did that, and uh, my story ain't never been told. Mm-hmm. You know, ain't, people ain't really telling it like that on the VH ones, the BETs, and all those networks of the world. So mm-hmm. I thought it was important yeah. to let people know that uh, it wasn't no southern hip hop until I, I started way back then and, and uh, uh, putting out the first. Hip hop artists in the South and, and and like I say, going to jail and talking about Miami. You know, mm-hmm. people come to Miami all the time, yeah. but they don't know the history. Yeah, they don't know Miami looked like Atlanta at one at one point. Yeah, you know, Miami was was black. Black people built Miami. That's right. You feel me? Until they, you know, brought people down to to take over Miami. You know, some of those islands when people go to South Beach, mm-hmm. they ain't never, you know, they never know until they read this book that African Americans couldn't be on the beach after 6 o'clock. Oh, man. You feel me? So, And some of the islands over there, black people own those islands. Yeah. You know, people don't know that. And so I kind of take you on a journey. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, my life story, I could have picked it up. And just you know, started out you know, young DJ. Yeah. Uh, then open a record company. Then you know, go to jail. Then do yeah. that. Nah, that 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 would have just been too generic. Yeah. I needed I needed to get into people's mind. Yeah. You know, because I wanted to be an educational tool for for young people. Yeah. You know.
2: What was it like coming up at that time having to deal with that kind of discrimination and segregation when they wasn't let folks on that beach like that?
1: Man, it was rough. I went to high school on the beach, you yeah. know, and, and I talk about it in the book. You know, I was born over there. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and I was still trying to ask my old girl, how, how, did, how did I get born? was I born over there? Yeah. But then, you know, I went and played football over there and, mm-hmm. and, and went to high school on the beach and still had to be off the beach. You know, and so during those times, you know, I talk about the times when African Americans, mostly Bahamians, mm-hmm. built Miami. Yeah. You know, we're on the incorporation documents. You know, mm-hmm. and I talk about you know the the days with the Two Live Crew, the Wild Parties, the freak nicks. Mm-hmm. Uh I talk about discovering Trick Daddy, Pitbull uh, coming to Atlanta. You know, when it wasn't new, mm-hmm. when when radio in Atlanta. You know what I'm One saying? Happening. I'm, I'm talking I'm talking to you. Yeah. You used to be on the radio in Atlanta talking about son,
2: God. Oh uh, man. Uh uh sounded like was. I well I was in New York. Hey, you know? Well, we got a little bit of that still going on. We still got a little bit of that going on in the city, but, but I'm still the last of a dying breed around hey, this. Time, it, but right? it was it was heavy. Yeah, you know, it was heavy yeah. and you heard, you know,
1: only way you could hear a a, a song. You had to go to you know some Atlanta music. You had to go to Sharon Showcase. Yeah. So yeah. you feel me? So I had to go. I had to do this book, you know, mm-hmm. because you know, no disrespect to anybody else in the South, it, you it, you had to do this book first mm-hmm. because you know here I'm at the forefront of this. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's important for people to know the history yeah. of you know what the the what, the what I laid my body on the line. People ain't want no Southern hip hop. You know, everybody is all. You know, Kumaya and dancing, oh mm-hmm. the Russell Simmons and all them, all them all that were fine. They hated us. Yeah. You know, with a passion. You know, we were getting kicked we would do shows at Air B Rakim Yeah. and actually give us three minutes to do a show. So when you read this book, you'll read about me having a big fight with Run D M C. Yeah. And that's when I made this song We Want Some P. Yeah. That was basically because they were acting like peas. And I made the song <laughs> Uh, i made that song in uh golf Mississippi yeah and we was on stage in the middle of a concert sold yeah. out at the arena and we go we get ready to go to blows Dope. because those are the things that happen to to us you know because we weren't considered hip-hop yeah. And it was like everybody was rebelling, rebelling against us. And I, I talk about that in the book. What and was so, going
2: through your mind? You already having to deal with the discrimination in your own hometown. Then mm-hmm. you get into hip-hop, you got to deal with it from your own people. Exactly. Discrimination in hip-hop. Exactly. You know, they didn't, let me tell you, uh, you know, guys in New
1: York was not having it. If you weren't from New York, you weren't where it's at. Yeah. You know, I remember, you know, and I talk about this in the book, I mean, uh, Red Man, Yeah. Red man, if you listen to one of his songs back in the days, it was like, you know, he used to make fun of us. Like, hey, yeah, them country dudes. What's up, dog? What's up, dog? What's up, dog? (laughs) You know, this was one of his interludes. Yeah. On his record. And so we had to fight. I had to fight Mm -hmm. um public enemy manager in Savannah, Georgia. You know what I'm saying? We y'all ain't from New York. Y'all ain't hip hop. Y'all ain't this. You know what I'm saying? So People need to hear that story. That's exactly. why I tell people. Ain't no disrespect to nobody else doing no books and all that. Mm-hmm. But you need this you need to hear this you need to read this first and every southern hip hop artist. I don't care what you you need this in your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it just tells the story of the roads and the things that and the sacrifices mm-hmm. that I had to make and others and people in my company had to
2: make. So with that being said, with that discrimination coming on in the own in your hip hop experience, is that what led you to be an entrepreneur yourself?
1: Oh, no doubt about it. Because yeah. you, hey, look here, man, you a rapper from Miami, you ain't about to go to New York and get no record deal, even though I'm selling a half a million records. Uh. Because the A&R guy didn't understand what we was doing. Yeah, so But the A&R guy not understanding what you doing and how you doing it, he can't come properly AR A&R yeah. your project. And then the marketing people are like, how are we gonna market this? This yeah. is trash. Yeah. So I was basically forced to mm. have my own record company. So I didn't say, okay, fine. You know, I, and, and I talk about it in the book. You know, hey, look, I had to then go manufacture my own product. Yeah. I had to go into the pressing plant and stick the vinyl myself in the pressing machine because there were not so many uh, pressing plants in Miami. Mm-hmm. I had to then put the records in the truck of my car, mm-hmm. you know, and then store them at my mom's house, store them at, you know, and then, and then I bring the two live crew there and they moved down to Miami yeah. and we were storing them in, in, the, in the apartment that we got for them, mm-hmm. you know. People, you know, people need to hear this story. I mean, it's, it's a deep, deep story. It's not just about, you know, it's a
2: wild stuff in yeah. there, but
1: it ain't about that. It's, it's deeper it's than deeper rap. Than that. It's exactly. deeper than rap.
2: I mean, with you having two of the members from Two Live Crew, being from New York, How was that for them making that transition into that southern hip-hop game being where they were from?
1: Well, I mean, it was was crazy. I mean, because, you know, the one guy who was in the group, Yuri V. Yeah. you know, he was much more of a conscious rapper. He didn't want to do the the adult stuff. Uh, Mr. Mix from uh, California, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Me and him vibe, you know, we vibe real good, Mix, you know, me and Mix get together, we cook that thing up. You know, yeah. I come up with an idea, Mix come with the track and then the dudes just come in, we tell them this is what you need to rap about. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And uh that's basically how we cooked it up. And yeah. so with them two guys and you know, Marquis coming from upstate New York. Mm-hmm. You know, he got in the group after Yuri got out of the group and then uh Chris was in the group. I mean he was on whatever. Mm-hmm. You know you know what I'm saying? But uh at the end of the day, you know, we 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 made some, some mm. great music, and Mix never really got the prestige that he should have always gotten as a producer. That's
2: right. Now, I mean, you look up next thing you oh, know y'all band in the USA, man. Yeah, Tell yeah. Tell me about that. What was going through your mind? You thinking I'm just a young black man trying to make a dollar out here. I'm already catching hell from all over the place, but now I got the U.S. government on my back, too. I got the U.S. government on my
1: back, and that was hardcore. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, you know, just imagine, you know, uh just imagine you're going to get ready to do a show and you got the police standing outside with guns and rifles. And you get ready to do a show, you got them on horses. They're on top of the roof, uh, cops in the building. Mm-hmm. You then, you know, you got to make a decision right then on the moment. Hey, look here, man, do I really believe in this? Am I really on this? Or uh, should I just get in the, in the car and run? Mm. You feel me, and and I was never on that. It was like, yo, I'm going to jail for this. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is what I believe in, and I'm going to jail. And, and eventually, uh, at one point, you know, federal judge Gonzalez, and I talk about it in the book, he deemed one of our albums I've seen, mm-hmm. and that was the most important case in in the history of hip hop. Yeah, you know, I could have laid down. Mm-hmm. I mean, once he said the song was obscene, the federal judge I wasn't going to jail. Yeah, you know I wasn't by. You know it wasn't a thing. Oh, Luke need to fight this to go to jail. Yeah. I was fighting at that point for hip hop. Exactly. You know because if I left, if I left that case law on the books. The, the you know any lawyer uh, any municipality mm-hmm. would have been able to single out Ti mm-hmm. oh that's obscene mm-hmm. you know because we already got case law yeah you know case law oh, Camel versus the state of Florida yeah you know uh, if you got any lyrics mm-hmm. any re- lyrics remotely sounding like that then they use that case law and then say this is a, you know in this case law this was the punishment taken off the shelf mm-hmm. so at that point I was like nah I ain't no. No, no, no! I know this bigger than this bigger than me. This bigger mm-hmm. than rap. Yeah. You know, if I if I don't fight this Lil Wayne, you ain't singing this things. You singing Drake? You ain't singing what you singing Meek? All the rest of these guys ain't mm-hmm. singing what they're saying. MWA, y'all gonna yeah. have to shut it down too. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. So you hip hop for what you see right now, it wouldn't it would not be. You would not hear that kind of music if I just laid down.
2: What so, was it that gave you the strength to stand up, though? Because, I mean, them attorney fees had to been crazy, too, at the time. Because that cost money to fight.
1: And, and crazy money. Exactly. And that and that and and, and I, I talk about that in the book. And that's why the book is about this story. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We, we're having a conversation you know, in the book about the influence my dad had on mm-hmm. me, the influence that my Uncle Ricky, you know what I'm saying, God bless his soul, he had on me. Mm-hmm. You know, he taught me about Marcus Garvey, H. Mm-hmm. Rob Brown. He taught me about all these uh, civil rights dudes, my, uh, you name it, uh, Martin Luther King. He taught me all that. You know, he talked he talk to me about some of the things that he was going through as a black man in the 60s and the 50s as well. Yeah. So, the guy who... They picked on, it was the right guy. Because I already was educated to, yeah. deal with the, to deal with the politics of the land. Because, you know, just like my uncle, you know, being an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. eventually it was going to come bother with me because I'm a black man, I own my own record company, That's right. I ain't affiliated with no record company, you know, ain't no white guy getting no money out of this deal right here, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be an easy target. Yeah. Like my uncle was, so then I became the target, Mm -hmm. you know, because at the same time I was doing the same, we were saying the same thing on the record, Mm -hmm. it wasn't no different than what Dice K was saying. Yeah you feel me, and yeah. Ice-K on the, you know what I'm saying, record, we were not the first people to do explicit lyrics on records. You had comedians like Red Fox, uh, uh, you name it, Dolomite.
2: Richard Pryde,
1: Richard Pry. You had uh, Millie Jackson singing the songs. Yeah. You feel yeah. me? So we weren't the first, mm-hmm. but we were, we were hip-hop, we were yeah. rap. And Ooh. that was the whole thing. See, people, and that's why I say the book, it's important for this book to come out right now. It's mm-hmm. important for all hip hop lovers, mm-hmm. especially people in the South. Mm-hmm. You know, you, they need to they need to read this book and they'll get a clear understanding as the things that we had to go. It's almost like this, it's almost like a slavery book. Yeah, because we were technically enslaved. Now, we had to go sit in the in the corner and not be put on tours. You know what I'm saying, dudes doing big old tours and we you know we didn't a million records and we can't get on the tour because they wouldn't have it.
2: Now, with that being said how important was it for you to put your comrades on you know you got the pit bulls you know the that, and, and that and putting them in the game
1: exactly and that's so and that thing there I mean and 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 when you read the book yeah. you'll you'll hear the transition and then you look at the timeline mm-hmm. when you look at the timeline 1991 1986 mm-hmm. how many record companies was around in 86 that was putting their own artists on, the artists putting on, we revolutionized the whole game because yeah. what happened was people didn't say, man, they saw me on the cover of the Source Magazine, they looked and said, man, well, I wanna, uh, damn, this dude saying something. And then yeah. when we did, when guys start opening up to us, like the Cool Dee's and mm-hmm. all them other world, and the Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince and all, when they, Man, how you doing this? And so <laughs> you know, I was putting them up on game. They on the game now. You feel me? So then, guys, then went back. were like, yo, we want this same thing. And so that's when you started getting the leface records. Yeah. It became, you know, it, I mean, them. It was all, those guys were happy. By giving Atlantic, giving CBS, giving all these uh, companies, giving Def Jam, who's own, who own uh, by CBS and all, they were they were happy by being on those labels. Yeah. So then now you got everybody saying, "Hey, look, you know we want to start our own label," but then you know even the industry, mm-hmm. you know they say we got to make an adjustment because this dude Luke, mm-hmm. who we really trying to blackball mm-hmm. out the gang, he done... Messed up the game because dudes now want to be entrepreneurs. <laughs> so now you got crews. You got the cash monies and all these yeah. people of the world. You got so, so deaf. You got little face Rocket, You got uh, bad boy. Yeah. You got uh, all the masterpiece stuff mm-hmm. and all that. You got 12 House. You got all these. And so we're at the forefront of that. Yeah. And so when I tell people they need to understand the history, we were doing that. But then what the what the industry did was they did a slink. Mm-hmm. They say, "Man, these dudes want their own company. This would be good for us. On one hand, and they could put their own guy, put their other guys on. But we can't let them have the same ownership of the masters yeah. like Luke. And so that's the part that them guys did not get because it, that's when they shut me down and they shut my voice down mm-hmm. and they blackballed me out the entire business because." I done hip them to the game of being their own entrepreneurs. Mm. But then the other part of that, you need to own your own masters. Yeah. They didn't get that. So the industry then gave them guys them production deals. And they say, oh, you got a label. It's called uh, Bad Boy. But we own your masters. So then they basically gave you, we'll let you produce uh, 10 artists. And now your deal is worth $100 Mm. You feel me? Yeah. So everybody had them kinda of deals. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh face and all of them had them kinda of deals. So they didn't understand the other part because they then they say we gotta shut this dude voice down. Yeah. We gotta we 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 gotta blackball this dude. And that's basically how, you know, you don't you don't see no stories about me. You don't yeah. see me on no lifetime achievement. You don't see me, yo, uh uh we're talking about a history of this music and this guy. You ain't never gonna see that.
2: But see, what makes me angry about that, though, Luke? Why don't your people step up and come to back for you like you went to back for them and say, you know what? We got to celebrate this guy just like we celebrate everybody else. It's but the the crazy part about that, it's the same people in the
1: industry that the same guys who are running the BTs mm-hmm. and all them networks of the world. They're actually the same guys who were against me when I first started. They're, they're the same guys who when I sent them a video of a party, and it wasn't a video of somebody standing by a train with a with with a <laughs> Some graffiti with, with yeah. graffiti on the wall and breakdancing, they were like, "This ain't hip hop. We ain't playing this. We ain't playing that." So they were forced to play these things yeah. because then now you got the video jukebox. You got all these mm-hmm. other avenues of people. So them people really hate me. Yeah. Them dudes don't like me at all. So yeah. I understand that because I forced them to do something to actually change the game so they can't really tell a story because if I tell a story, then I got to tell a part where I was the one that was trying to blackball your butt. Yeah. You feel yeah. me? I was the one sitting up there. When you sent the video in, I, I said, no, no, we ain't playing that on BET. No. We are gonna do interviews. We are gonna get salt and pepper. We gonna get Ken playing. We are gonna get all these people to talk bad about them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, we they were orchestrating this stuff themselves. And I, like I talk in the book, and everybody asked, "Well, who was with you?" Mm-hmm. It was pretty much maybe two people. It was one, uh, my lawyer. The other one uh, was Bruce Springsteen. huh hit his all American white boy. You That's know, I call. Sometime I say, though. The man was like, "Look, man, I understand what you're going through. Uh, you can use my song." I said, "Look, I want to do band in the USA because that's how I feel right now. I'm band in the USA," and he was like, "Look, man, you can use the song, <laughs> and you can use the song, man, and you ain't even gotta, you ain't even gotta pay me for it." Oh, so I mean, that was that was a cool thing.
2: Yeah, now. Nah. But that being said, and we talking about the love, I know you got a lot of love in the A, man. What was it like when you came up here for Freak Nick and your song was the soundtrack to the city and all of the booty shake clubs and regular clubs in the city, man?
1: Oh, man. it was. I mean, uh, coming to Freak Nick, that was the greatest thing ever. I mean it's just, at the time of me going and you know I'm being the party man we didn't won all the cases we didn't went to the supreme court we didn't we got the other cases uh overturned on appeal yeah. you know and, and then now you got this nice party yeah. called freak nick which it should have left the name greek nick but they <laughs> messed up when they called it freak nick after yeah. the freaking started in them tents out in the park uh and then now they needed an ambassador. They yeah. needed a king. Yeah. So then here come me. You know I'm the wild, freaky man. But then I, it was some great times, man. Freaknik, Freaknik was a big party. It mm-hmm. turned out. I mean, it originally it started out as one thing. It gravitating to be being almost like a a southern reunion, mm-hmm. giving people opportunity to come to Atlanta and enjoy it. And then you know, with you know, with the friction between the police and the and the people, mm-hmm. you know, it became a rebellion type thing. It became F the police. Y'all messing with us. You know, Mm -hmm. and then when the city did not embrace it and the city did not come together and and say let's, let's embrace this thing let's mm-hmm. take this thing and organize it mm-hmm. you know when they didn't do it but they you know just wanted to harass kids and mm-hmm. eventually it fizzled out and it got yeah. shut down exactly. you know which was which would could have been a a great event it could have yeah. been something along the lines of uh uh the black expo yeah if they would have embraced it and organized it that's exactly. all these i mean young folks want to they gonna party have fun yeah let them do what they got to do. I mean, you know, white kids do it. Exactly. You know, all day. I mean, you go to a football game; they on top of houses. <laughs> go down there to UGA, a uh, university. Of yeah. Florida, they getting drunk, jumping off the roof of the house. They sitting on the house. You know what I'm saying? They they riding around with straws, with tubes in yeah. the stadium. Yeah. I mean. Ain't nobody putting them in jail, but I guess, you know, it becomes issue when black kids want to enjoy themselves.
2: Yeah. Another event, man. I was talking to my big homie T Goodie, man, that Jack the Rapper. What was that like coming up to the city and turning up with that?
1: Oh, uh, Jack the Rapper was something else. I mean, I guess I'm probably one of the ones who destroyed Jack the Rapper. Oh,
2: man. Say it ain't which so I'm loose.
1: Not about. But Jack the Rapper, let me tell you about that. Yeah. And I and I talk about it in the book. You know, I learned so much. I, I met the uh one of the first uh Radio radio promotion man at Jack the Rapper and he told me something way back then. His name was Dave Clark mm-hmm. and he told me, man, he said, man, you know, it's a lot of people. You know, I'm sitting at the bar, I'm a young dude. Mm-hmm. I come to Jack, I got my records mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm a nobody, I'm nothing. You know, I got my little records. I'm trying to get the DJs, play my record. You know, I'm hustling. Mm-hmm. I'm just like the, you know, the dude outside the grocery store. Hey, man, I got my CD. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. You feel me? I'm, I'm in there, you know, trying to get anybody here to, to hear my song. And that dude sat me down and he said, look here, man, you know all these dudes running around here? He said, man, one thing about it, Mm -hmm. everybody ain't in the music business. Everybody think they're in the music business. They're in the the business of music. Mm -hmm. You are not in the music business until one person purchase your record. Mm -hmm. That is when you're officially in the business. Mm -hmm. So you work hard and strive to get people to buy your records and that's when you're official. You know, it's a lot of people out there got records and ain't nobody buying them. Yeah, you ain't in the business. Exactly. So that right there, just you know, you know that that had me on a whole nother level. And mm-hmm. and and, and, the, and the crazy part of Jack the Rapper I talk about mm-hmm. in the book was when we had the big fight uh, with Snoop Dogg them in Death Row. Yeah. You know when we had the little beef going on, and then they eventually came down to, to Jack the Rapper. It was downtown and had them had them group big out of the Marriott. Out yeah. there by the airport, it's got to be in this big thing. They had to go to the big hotel downtown. And unfortunately, <laughs> I, I try, you know, I, I talk about in the book. I try to talk to Jack, yeah. and his wife, uh, not his wife, but daughter Jill, and say, look, you need to arrange a sit-down with me and Suge Knight mm-hmm. because if they're going to come down here, you know, there's so many people from Miami. I got so much love in Atlanta, it's going to be an ugly sight. Yeah. You know, because we got this beef, and they saying this about me, and I'm saying this about them. Mm-hmm. It's going to go get crazy. And they were like, oh, we ain't got to worry about that. Ain't nobody going to do nothing. <laughs> and then before you know it, everybody was stabbed up, cut up. <laughs> uh, 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 everything in the world was thrown out the rooms, all down. The, it was crazy. It was a melee. Oh, man. No, and I talk about it in the book. So that's why, you know, people like Meek Mills, you yeah. need to read this book. Yeah. If you want to really know anything about real beef, I mean, uh, this is an educational tool for exactly. you Exactly. Know, because I don't know what they got going on now. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: You know, that's like rated PG-7. 13 <laughs> Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you want to know how to deal with beef, you know you you know, we talk about
2: all that in the book. I mean, I mean how did you feel when you really had to get violent to deal with your beef back then, though? Because on top of that, you're dealing with the hate coming from all over the place. Yeah. And I know it had to breed a lot of anger. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So by the time folks do come around with that nonsense, being from the South, you know, we got the hospitality, but we are also sit your ass down.
1: Yeah, you we'll sit you down. You see what I'm we'll saying? We'll touch you up and sit you down. You know, and that and that was the whole thing. I mean, you know, and me and Snoop, you know, I don't want nobody to get me. Me and Snoop, we cool. I met Dr. Dre one time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Dude, who I used to vibe with mostly was Easy, mm-hmm. Easy, and, and Cube. Them was yeah. them was my dudes. You yeah. know, and like you know, they got the movie out. I encourage anybody, everybody, go see the movie because that's what it's all about. They yeah. got their family in there. and that. And, and and again, going going back to the, you know, to the to that whole beef thing you know, when I talk about it, it's like the whole South rise up mm-hmm. when some dudes say something about a Southern guy. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And, and especially, you know, people on the street know the history. Exactly. They, they knew what I was doing in Atlanta, Miami, yep. you know, Charlotte, Fayetteville, South yep. Carolina. They knew, okay, Unk, uh, Unc is that guy, you know That's what I'm right. saying? And, and they, you know, the little Petey Pablo's and everybody yep. of the world, yeah. and, the, and the and the Gips and all them, man. Yeah. Okay, man, this man turning this thing up for us, you know. And so guys on the street already know. Hold oh, on, man. Right. So then when the dudes came down here, it was an ugly sight. I think the whole South jumped on them. You know, they were catching <laughs> planes at the late night trying to get up out of this place here. But we ended up eventually squashing it because you know, you know, it was like okay. You know, hey, you know, Suge, I'm not one of them guys who you rough roughhouse. Yeah, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm, I, you know, unfortunately in my life something I ain't proud of. I was about that life exactly. for real. I, ain't, I didn't, you know, all my brothers that went to college, I was the one that didn't go to college. Yeah. So, you know, I was, I was in the game hard like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and that's why I tell people, people who rapping about that, mm-hmm. most guys who rapping about that life. Ain't really about that. Yeah. They just hear the stories of other people, you know, and they hear the folk tales, and then they go to spitting them kind of lyrics. I, I mean, you go pull my criminal record, you'll be like, "Oh Lord, <laughs> not the party, man." You know, I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to do no songs about that. Yeah, I'm doing songs about total opposite, man. Mm-hmm. By being out of jail, yeah, and what you want to do—have fun, party, you know, make love, and do whatever and I you tell gotta folks
2: do. That all the time, because when you're from the streets or you're from the hood, and you see the pain and you see the devastation that goes along with the game, you really ain't trying to celebrate that kind of a lifestyle. Oh, you're no. trying to get folks to go in the opposite direction of that by all costs. Oh no, I mean, hey, I ain't, I, I got some albums for days
1: if I want if I want to <laughs> rap out that, but but again, that's. Stinching on yourself, yeah. You feel me? And so that's why I, I, I deal with so many kids, and I, I you know, because I tell them about my story, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Yo, man, you don't want to, you don't want live that life." Yeah. And I could tell them that because you know when you look at my arrest record, there's about 20 arrests on their deep. Woo. You know, you name it: shoot up, this, shoot, yeah. fight, gang, whatever. You know you you know, you know what I'm saying? So Crazy. I tell kids about that, hey man, there ain't nothing cute about that. Mm-hmm. You know, get your mind right, use that same energy and put it into something positive. And that's why you know, I'm I'm just so happy that this book is out HarperCollins. That's right. Uh, publish it, you know, one of the biggest publishing companies in the if not the biggest book publishing company in the in the country and they're going to put it in and get it to everybody where they can be able to purchase it. And uh, I just want them to read the story, man. I want everybody to read this story here, I can so they can because it, it's an educational tool more so than anything.
2: Speaking of education, what do you think about the business now and with it being digital? What advice do you got for the young guy that's trying to come up and do what you did back then in this digital age, though? You know, it, it's it's a it's a good and it's a
1: bad because I I think you know I had. It, I had to come up in the age where I couldn't get a record played on the radio.
2: Uh-huh. No way.
1: Not even in my hometown. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So I couldn't get a record played. I couldn't get a video played. Yeah. You know, things I talked talked about earlier and things I talk about in the book. So I had to rely on the underground. Mm-hmm. I had to rely on Sharon Showcase to yeah. play the record and get it hot. Mm-hmm. And me coming there and do a show. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? In other clubs... Uh, Uh, In Atlanta and other places like that, college campuses and all that, dorm rooms and everything, frat parties and all. I had to rely on those type of promotions. Mm -hmm. And so I look at the digital thing and and, and, uh, and not mainstream. That's a good thing. You can put your your record on uh, YouTube, your video on YouTube. You can Mm -hmm. put your record on on, uh, iTunes because Mm -hmm. it was difficult. For mm. me to get a record in Turtles, yeah. to get a record in Same the major chain yeah. stores. Mm-hmm. So now you can just go to iTunes and you got a hard record. Everybody can download your song. You might now get on the front page of iTunes yeah. and some of these search engines. You know, the Spotify and all them. Mm. You know, I don't know how they let trick, let them trick, trick the game up <laughs> like that. You yes, know, sir. but... Uh, Again, you can still be successful in the business. And I, you know, it, it's more easier now than it was back then. Yeah. Because you can have a record. And if you didn't get no independent uh, retail stores, the mom and pop stores to put your record in them stores, yeah. them big chain stores wasn't having it. Uh. Unless you was on a major label. And so, you know, they had to do things to stop this independent, you know, flow. Mm-hmm. I mean, and people don't realize when Atlanta started really getting hot, Mm -hmm. and the South took off, like I told the guy Hank Shockley at the New Music Seminar when I went there, and it was no, I was the only record coming in the South, and I stood up, and he was like, oh, Southern hip-hop, that's a joke. You Mm. know, it was like a thousand people in there, "Ah, that's a fad, you know, and I stood up in the room, and I told the dude, I said, look here, man, it was a thousand people. I was like, look, the South is gonna rule hip-hop. Mm. Before it's all said and done, how you mean? And all the people in, there, in the middle of New York, everybody was like, "Oh, oh, oh. and hip hop country." Yeah, I'm like, I'm just hey, look, I ain't gonna apologize for it because you got Brooklyn, Bronze, Queens, you got Seven Barrels, mm-hmm. we got Atlanta, Charlotte, South Carolina, we got Texas, mm-hmm. we got Miami, we got we, I mean we got Florida, mm-hmm. we got Alabama, we yeah. got Memphis, we got Memphis, we are yeah. mm-hmm. we we big, we control. Yeah. Uh, uh, the half of the country, boss. You know what I'm saying. And once yeah. these dudes get on to what I'm doing, and it's just like anything, mm-hmm. you know. If one and back then, I always said, I say I like Converse in Miami. Yeah, it's kids in Atlanta and all these other places like Converse, and they're gonna be like, man, if this dude could do it, we could do it.
0: That's right. And
1: so guys start popping up from all over the place. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, me, that's what I made, me and Gip and CeeLo. Yeah. And all them dudes, we sit. We used to, you know, we used to call it sitting by the campfire. Yeah, and we just sit there and just vibe and just talk about, you know, and them dudes like telling me how I inspired them, you know. And and uh, it, it's, you know, it, it's always been amazing. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's why I say, man, it's the proper time to put this book out. You know, you couldn't have put it out way mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, you know, it would have only been half because we were still this book, This book was still being made. Yeah, you know, now. Life is settled down, I'm married, yeah. got the wife, you know, my wife is a, is a, you know, a big time NFL football agent, mm-hmm. you know, an attorney, and, you know, we got, <laughs> we got restaurants, you know, um, uh, I'm still running a record company, you mm-hmm. know, mostly digital, all the, all the, uh, the, uh, the product that, you know, in my catalog, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm enjoying myself running my, my youth, uh, program, That's right. you know, and, and, uh, you know, I ain't I ain't fighting like I used to. Yeah, you know, yeah. so they need to hear about all these war stories. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody talking, about oh, how the South was won, and all these books. Mm-hmm. This, 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 this That's the true story how, right there. This is how Southern hip hop was won. How it was dis- discovered.
2: Question though, are we gonna turn that book into a screenplay and then a movie?
1: Man, we got to talk to <laughs> We got to, we got to. I mean, because when you read it, I mean, yeah. you gotta just, I mean, sit down and just go through. When you when you start
2: reading, you ain't gonna be able to put it down. Now, answer me this, though. The women, the beefs. How was you able to stay alive during all that? Because in hip-hop, a lot of folks don't even make it past that and through that. <laughs> well, I, again, with me, when, when, when you look at the book,
1: I mean, it was like me... When I first got in the business, it was like a freshman going to college. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wilded out. Yeah. The first couple years, I was all here, there, everywhere. Girlfriend here, girlfriend there. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just getting it in. Mm -hmm. But then, at the end of the day, I always was the businessman. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to run the company. I I couldn't be laying up with girls all week, you know, getting high, Mm -hmm. you know, wilding out. I had to go back to the office, mm-hmm. you know, on Monday and, and create these strategic plans of getting mm-hmm. records put in stores over here, you know, creating parental advisory mm-hmm. stickers. That sticker that you see on the record right now, people mm-hmm. don't even realize that I created that. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? And and, and and getting a record on the radio, going, to okay, I got to just, uh, you know, be more versatile mm-hmm. as an executive, mm-hmm. you know, because now I'm executive every day of the week. I got to get an R&B group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... So let me go discover Ace Town. Mm-hmm. You know, go to Houston, and these guys named the jit and everybody saying Ace Town, is say, nah, y'all named Ace Town. Y'all going to rep y'all town, That's y'all right. city, you, you feel me? And so now I got to be a little more versatile, you know, Poison Clan. You know, got these dudes right here. Yeah. They doing the hardcore stuff. So I don't want y'all to be just on the sexual stuff like two live Crew is that now I need to be a little more versatile as, a, right. as a company, you know, uh Back then, big pun, you know, Puerto Rican rapper. I'm from Miami. Yep. You know, There's a lot of Cubans here. Let me find me a Cuban rapper. Yep. So then now I got to go find Pitbull. Yeah. You know, I go discover him. So I'm doing all this every day. So I ain't really had no time to be mm. laying up with a whole bunch of chicks. And then <laughs> when I saw them doing what they were doing on stage and dudes mm. getting up on stage and doing what they were doing, you know, I was like, look. I'm, I I'm gonna be real picky. Yeah. You know, I'm one, I'm not gonna get high on my own supply. That's right. You feel me? With is right. my girl dances. I'm not we mm-hmm. not we ain't doing that. And you know, and the other thing is, you know, uh I see chicks getting on stage, dudes getting on stage, you know, obviously the dudes gotta date these chicks. Yeah, you know, I'm seeing all this wild stuff. You know, I I always dated the total opposite. That's right. You know, I always liked the total opposite whether I got the girl because the girl automatically thought I was something of what I was promoting and yeah. marketing and putting out in the life I was living, mm-hmm. they didn't know I was not really like that. Yeah. So I, so that was my little thing. It was like the girl who I get to be a special girl, mm-hmm. you feel me, and that girl to see me for who I am and not necessarily see me as the entertainer. That's right. So I had women in my life, yeah. and they were like, uh, I like your loss because you think I'm like that, That's but I'm right. really not. I'm, you let your friends uh, tell you, mm-hmm. I'm really not. You you feel me I and can uh, dig it. and uh, and, that, and that's how it always ended up being.
2: Yeah. I can definitely dig it, Uncle Lou. Oh man,
1: appreciate you coming. Appreciate through this it, time, brother. Boss. All right. Wishing you the
2: best and much success. Man, right, let's go. Yep.